Hi there! Welcome to this week's episode of REAP, where REAP stands for Read, Examine, Apply, Pray. My name's Ed Burdett, and I'm glad to be spending this time with you. The purpose of the REAP devotional is to learn and then practice a pattern for getting more out of Scripture as we read and listen through. The way it works, we pick a section of this day's reading, either from the Old Testament, the New Testament, or the Psalms. And then using that passage, we walk through this four-step process. First, we read the passage, and next we examine it. This is where we bring up anything that stands out, any observations we have. After that, we look to apply the passage, connecting it with our lives today. And lastly, we get to pray. The passage we're focusing on today comes from our New Testament reading. It's Revelation chapter 2, verses 1-17. through 17. Using this passage, then, we'll read, examine, apply, and pray. Let's jump right in. This is Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 1. To the angel of the assembly in Ephesus, write, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand, he who walks amongst the seven golden lampstands, says these things, I know your works, and your toil, and perseverance, and that you can't tolerate evil men, and have tested those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and found them false. You have perseverance, and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you left your first love. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I am coming to you swiftly, and will move your lampstand out of its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the assemblies. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of my God. To the angel of the assembly in Smyrna, write, the first and the last, who was dead and has come to life, says these things. I know your works, oppression, and your poverty, but you are rich, and the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews, and they are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Don't be afraid of the things which you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have oppression for ten days. Be faithful to death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the assemblies. He who overcomes won't be harmed by the second death. To the angel of the assembly in Pergamum, write, He who has the sharp two-edged sword says these things, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. You hold firmly to my name, and didn't deny my faith in the days of Antipas my witness, my faithful one, who was killed amongst you, where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to throw a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. So also you likewise have some who hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans, Repent, therefore, or else I am coming to you quickly, and will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the assemblies. To him who overcomes, to him I will give of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows but he who receives it. Okay, so this is our reading, and now we'll move on to the examined portion of Reap. And again, this is where we bring up anything that stood out, anything that caught our attention in this passage. We see that these are letters to three different churches. The first to the church in Ephesus, then to the church in Smyrna, and then to the church in Pergamum. 
The first thing that stood out to me, it's in the first verse. That verse begins this way, to the angel of the assembly in Ephesus, right? It seems that there is a particular angel, a particular spiritual being, who is in charge or has oversight of the Ephesus church. And this same pattern is followed for the other churches. It says farther on, to the angel of the assembly in Smyrna, to the angel of the assembly in Pergamum. This helps, I think, pull the cover back a bit on some spiritual reality that I didn't know about. It could be that every church across the world has an angel associated with it. The next thing that stood out, it's in verse 2. That verse says this, I, this is the Lord speaking, I know your works and your toil and perseverance, and that you can't tolerate evil men, and have tested those who call themselves apostles and they are not. All of these things are ways that the Lord approves of this church, that they have toil and perseverance, that they can't tolerate evil men. What I see in this verse then is that the Lord loves rejecting evil. He is commending this church that they can't tolerate, as he says, evil men. Going on further down, verse 4 says this, But I have this against you, that you left your first love. I think about that phrase, first love. All the emotion and abandonment and devotion associated with the strong, overwhelming even, emotions of first love. And Jesus is saying, you have loved me in the past as your first love with that kind of wholeheartedness. You were so devoted and love-struck and head over heels about me. Continuing down to verse 7, the Lord says this, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the assemblies. A friend of mine likes to say when studying texts, look at the negative space. When Jesus says, he who has an ear, part of what it means is that not everyone has an ear to hear this. Then this verse continues on, To him who overcomes, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of my God. What a great promise is offered here to eat from the tree of life. Now, the structure of this letter to the church in Ephesus is repeated for the churches in Smyrna and Pergamum. In verse 8, we read this, To the angel of the assembly in Smyrna, write, The first and the last, who was dead and has come to life, says these things. In each letter, God is introduced or described in a way that we might not expect. Here, for example, it doesn't just say, the Lord says these things, but it says, the first and the last, who was dead and has come to life, says these things. These descriptions are so mind and thought expanding to understand Jesus as the first and the last, who was dead, which is amazing. God died and has come to life, it says. To this church, in verse 10, God writes this, Don't be afraid of the things which you are about to suffer. The Lord doesn't want his people to be afraid in any circumstance. To this church, the promise at the end of the letter goes like this. This is in verse 11. He who overcomes won't be harmed by the second death. And then in verse 12, we begin the letter to the third assembly, the assembly in Pergamum. In this letter, God is described this way. He who has the sharp two-edged sword. Again, this is a unique description of God tailor-made and hand-picked for this people and this church who needed to hear God described this way. Now, something stood out here starting in verse 14. That verse says this, But I have a few things against you, because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam. And then in verse 15 it says, So also you likewise have some who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent therefore, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. God is calling the whole church to repent for the things that he has against some of the people in the church. He's calling the whole body to repent for the sins of some of the body. 
Continuing on down, the last thing that stood out to me, it's in the last verse we read, verse 17. Here is the promise to the angel of the assembly in Pergamum. That promise goes like this. To him who overcomes, to him I will give of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows but he who receives it. Once again, the Lord Jesus ends his letter with a promise. Well, those are the things that stood out to me, and if I missed something that you noticed, feel free to share that as a comment over at oneyearbiblepodcast.com on the webpage for this day's REAP episode. That way we can all benefit from what we're seeing here together. Now let's move on to the application portion of REAP. And again, this is where we look to connect what we've read with our lives today. We've seen that the structure of each of these three letters is similar. And in fact, in each one, the Lord first says this. He says, I know your works. In other words, God knows the status of each one of his churches all throughout the world. At this moment, he knows our works. And for each one, he affirms what is good, and he calls out what is bad if there is something bad, and calls them to repentance. And he always, in these letters, ends with a promise. So here's one application. If you were to write a performance review for your church, what would be in it? What are the things your church does well, and what are areas of difficulty or places of repentance? How would God commend or challenge us? What would he promise? We saw that each of these promises is unique. It's picked for that body. What would he promise to those who overcome in your church? That's an application I see here, and if you see another one, feel free to share that as a comment also on the webpage for this day's REAP episode. Now let's move on to the last part of REAP, where we get to pray. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for your word, and I'm struck, God, as we read your word, how you love your church even to death, that you, God, have died and are alive again in order to win people back to the Father. And God, along with this great love, we see you challenging these assemblies. We see you challenging your church. Lord, help us to be people who repent. Help us to be people who, as you say, have an ear. God, make us people who have an ear to hear what the Spirit says. Would you also, in your grace, just drill these promises down into our hearts? May they stay with us. May we store them up. You give us pictures of what it means to overcome, to be victors in you. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one who builds your church, and we, as part of the body, are responsible to you. Make us people who reject evil and cling to good. Thank you for the examples of faithful perseverance that you have put around us in our lives. God, help us to be mindful of those who demonstrate these things. We are grateful that you carry us, that you love us, and that you rebuke us, and that that's a part of your love, Lord. Teach us what love is. Teach us who you are. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me for this week's episode of REAP. I always enjoy this time together, and I hope you do too. Before we go, one quick announcement. We're coming up on the end of the year, and so in next week's REAP episode, at the end, we'll make some time to report out on how the year has gone to give an overview of this podcast of this work over the past year. So I hope you'll stick around for that. We'll get a chance to hear not just some of the numbers of the past year, but we'll also hear a bit about the response to it and how God is using it. So that year in review will be in next Friday's REAP episode. That's our only announcement for this week. So I hope to talk with you next week, next Friday. And in the meantime, I hope you have a good Friday and weekend and week upcoming. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Mm -hmm.